0: You're listening to the podcast of Opportunity Christian Fellowship in Spokane Valley, Washington. Opportunity Christian Fellowship exists to develop committed followers of Christ who are attracting others to Him. This week's speaker, lead pastor Dan Bonney. Okay, you're already open to Matthew chapter 25. If you don't have a Bible, there is one in the seat in front of you that you can borrow and uh, look in Matthew, uh, Matthew is the very first gospel of the New Testament. So, if you look in the concordance or the index, you can find it there. I, uh, when I was just a real small boy, I mean, really, I think I just must have barely been born. Jim Croce used to sing, so you know, I was real small. Some of you don't even know who Jim Croce. is it Croce, Croce, something? Anyway, Croce. Croce. There we go. He's a singer and. He, you know, I, I, uh, he has some great principles of how to live your life in one of his songs. The one about uh, uh, bad, bad Leroy Brown. <laughs> is that the right song? There's some lyrics that you probably shouldn't say in church on that song. But here's one. Uh, it, is it that song? Anyway, here, here's this song, all right? It is Jim Croce, okay? These are principles to live your life by. You don't tug on Superman's cape... You don't spit into the wind. You don't pull the mask off that old Lone Ranger. And you don't mess around with Jim. Jim. There you go. Principles to live your life by. All right, and there's another uh, principle I learned to live my life by. And I learned that the hard way, changing diapers. Okay, we have two boys, which are not here because they probably wouldn't like me saying this. They're both uh, older now, and they don't do that stuff anymore. But if you have boys, baby boys, I didn't have a baby girl, so I don't know about girls. But baby boys, the principle is this, never leave things uncovered very long. (laughs) Because you you might get sprayed. So we learned that very young with them. Uh, Okay, principle. Uh, This parable that we're going to read this morning, starting with verse 14, talks about principles. And it's principles to live our life by. And it's kind of a long parable, but we're going to read it because it's an interesting one. Starting with verse 14. Again it will be like, Jesus is speaking here, and he says, Again it will be like a man going on a journey, who called his servants and entrusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents of money, to another two talents, and another one talent, each according to his ability. Then he went on this journey. The man who had received the five talents went at once and put his money to work and gained five more. So also the one with the two talents gained two more. But the man who had received the one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received the five talents brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five talents. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I have put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with the two talents also came. Master, he said, you have entrusted me with two talents. See, I've gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received the one talent came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and "'Gathering where you've not scattered seed? "'So I was afraid and went out "'and hid your talent in the ground. "'See, here is what belongs to you.' "'His master replied, "'You wicked, lazy servant. "'So you knew that I harvest where I do not sow "'and gather where I've not scattered seed. "'Well then, you should have put my money "'on deposit with the banker "'so that when I returned, "'I would have returned it, "'would have received it back with interest. "'Take the talent from him "'and give it to the one who has the ten talents.' For everyone who has will be given more, and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Interesting parable. A parable that at times, I've, I've when I read it, I kind of sympathize with the poor guy that got one talent. But there are some principles to live life by in this parable, and there are three of them that I would like to... Uh, talk about this morning the first one is I've been given much the second one the second one it's not mine and there will be a test and then thirdly God calls me to be a risk taker God calls me to be a risk taker three principles to live my life by the first one I have been given much how many of you think feel sorry for the guy that got one talent raise your hand come on let's be honest here I mean, just one talent. Poor guy just got one talent, right? And some of us can really relate to that, you know. I mean, we just got one talent. And I kind of thought this way until I studied this passage and realized how much a talent really was. Did you know that the talent doesn't refer in the, in the scriptures to like a talent, like surfing, you know, or scuba diving, that kind of thing, or a talent like singing. Uh, a talent here is actually a measure of weight, Like ton, okay, it would be a way of saying it the same way, a ton. It's a The talent, in fact, was the largest measure of weight, much like a ton is for us. It's a large measure of weight. And so a ton of money was given to these people, literally, a ton of money. How much was a talent? A talent, and there are varying interpretations, but conservatively, on the conservative side, a talent was worth 6,000 denarii. Now, who can tell me how much a denari is? It's a day's wage. So 6,000 days' wages. Or, on the more liberal side, 10,000. So anywhere from 6,000 to 10,000 days' wages is one talent. So you kind of figure that out, how many working days there are actually in a year, and I did. And it comes out to be, on the conservative side, over 25 years of work, and on the More liberal side, about 45 or more years of work. So we're talking about what? A ton of money. Okay? I mean, at least on the conservative side, over a million dollars. And on the liberal side, more than $2 million. So, so much for feeling sorry for the guy that got one talent. All right? He got a ton of money to do something with. And when you think about it, We, most of us, don't have a ton of money. But all of us have a ton that God has given us. All of us have many resources that God has given us. We have been given a lot. I like the way Rick Warren, who's pastor of the Saddleback Church in California, puts it. He talks about our shape. And he uses shape as an acronym. referring to what God has given us. And he talks about shape, the S referring to spiritual gifts a gift that God gives each one of us who are believers to be able to work in His church and and build people up and love people in in God's name. And uh, we are to find out what that gift is and we are to use that gift. But it doesn't stop there. God also has given us a heart, a passion. You know, what is it that kind of turns your crank? What is it that you get excited about? What is it that, that breaks your heart, that you really sympathize with, that you cry over, that you cannot just... Let go, you know, passion, what is it that, what is your heart? And then Rick talks about also abilities, the A, the, the natural talents that we're all born with. We all have those, you know, one way or another. And then there's the personality, the P, either extrovert or introvert, we're thinkers or we're feelers. We love routine or we love variety. And then there's the experience that we have, either family experience, education vocation, spiritual experiences, ministry experience, or even the pain that God allows in our lives that can be used, uh, that God wants to use for good. And so we all have this. You know, and it, it, it shapes us. It makes us who we are. And it's abundant. I mean, just think about the people that have had influence on your life. The people that have been influential in forming who you are. And most of the time... When you think of that person, it has to do with how they've used their shape. It's not so much money. It's how they have used these resources that God has given them. And we all have this shape, this abundant resource that God has given us to use. And so we all have a lot. So principle to live by. Never say you don't have anything. You have a lot. God has given you a ton. He gave one talent and two talents and five talents. He gave an abundance, and He gives all of us an abundance to work with. The second principle is not mine. And there will be a test. It's not mine. God has given you this shape, but it's not ours. And so we are to use it as if it wasn't ours, as if someday God was going to call us into account. Uh, one of our... Uh, several years ago, my dad had a car that he allowed me to use while I was in college, uh, and I, he was not in the country, and so he would store it in this uh, garage that was in the town that I went to school. And so I would use it every once in a while, but I always put it back into this garage. And, and there was a couple there that knew, they were friends of the family, and they asked if they could use it. So I asked dad, and he said, sure, let them borrow it. So they borrowed it, and I assumed that after they borrowed it, they put it back in the garage. I didn't think we anything more of it. Well, about three weeks from then, my dad actually came and visited us. And he asked about the car. And I said, well, it's in the garage. He said, no, it's not. It's not in the garage. I said, well, where is it? He said, what do you mean, where is it? Where is it? And so I went back to the to the guys that had borrowed it. And I asked them, you know, where is the car? And they said, oh, it broke down. And I said, well, is it in a garage somewhere? I mean, you take it to a mechanic? They said, no. I said, well, where is it? And they said, well, it's out on this farm road out in the country. And I said, Well, how long has it been out there? He said, Well, we bought it, let's see, three weeks ago. I said, It's been out there for three weeks? They said, Yeah. Well I said, Well oh, I hope it's still there. So we went out and actually it was there. It was this little farm road, dusty, dirty farm road and it was covered with mud and dirt and dust and, and fortunately we were able to get it back in and nothing was wrong with it. We had I mean we had to fix it, uh that whatever had gone wrong with it, but it was fine. But I thought to myself, Never again will I ever uh lend anything to that couple. Uh, as God looks down upon us, is that what he says about how we are using his resources, the shape that he's given us? Uh, he's given us abundance. It's not ours. And there will be a test. The other day, one of the fellows here in church who has this really nifty sports car convertible Honda came by and threw the key- keys on my desk and said, Go ahead and take it for a spin. And I said, Really? He said, Yes. Yes. And so I went and picked up my wife, Paula, at the school, and when she gets out, got out at four, and then we just started racing around the countryside, the top down, you know. It's the kind of car that when it gets up to about five or six thousand RPM, it's just starting. Oh, it was wonderful. Because my little Honda Civic, you get it up to five thousand RPMs and it's about ready to explode. But this one was just purring. And uh, the, the convertible top was down and the wind was going through my, Paula's hair, and, and it was great. It was wonderful. Uh, got it back, and guess what? This is not my car, right? So I took very good care of it, because I knew, man, if I got a scratch on it, it was, I was really gonna have to depend on grace. But, uh, but I went to the gas station, made sure it was clean, and then I filled it up with gas. And I filled it all the way to the very top. And I filled it up with, with the premium. Because it was the kind of car that needed premium, which just killed me. Because this is back when it was like, you know, 4.30 or something. It was crazy, you know. And I filled up this little car and I said, you can have your car back, man. <laughs> but I filled it up. Why? Because I wanted to take very good care of it. Some of you folks have been very generous in, in the way that you've blessed us with, with uh, you know, Cabin on the Lake or different things that you've done throughout the years and, and I hope that you've we've returned things in good shape, and has been uh, and, and and you've been happy with that. Well, God has given us these abundant resources, and I hope that as He looks down upon you and me this morning, He's saying, I, "You're using these very carefully. You're using them well, because there will be a test." He says to the servants, "Well done, good and." Faithful servant. Well done, good and faithful servant. What does this mean? What is, how do we use these resources that God has given us faithfully? And if you look at the difference between how the, the servant with one talent treated his resources that, that he had been given from the master and how the other servants treated their resources, the differences in faithfulness. The two that were rewarded were rewarded because they were faithful to the master, faithful to the values that the master had. And what was this value that the master had that was so important that this one with one talent didn't do and actually was uh, was condemned for it? What is that value? And I think as I look at this passage, this value is a value of generosity. This value is a, is a value of taking a risk. This value is a value of, of, being, of going out on the limb and using our shape, using the resources that God has given us in a way that honors Him by taking risks and going out on a limb and, and doing things with this shape that He's given us that, that perhaps we're afraid to do, and yet God calls us to do them. And why do I say that? Because God, in His very inmost part, who He is, as you look at the Bible, is a God who takes risks. And so the third principle that we come to is, go for it. Go it. Take risk. Use these resources in a way that is stretching for you. Because God is a God who calls us to be faithful to who he is. And he is a God who is what? A God of love. And love always takes risks. In fact, if you look at, you think about what love is, love is a risk. You cannot love without taking a risk, can you? I mean, when you look at your girlfriend in the eyes and you commit to her, you're taking a risk, aren't you? Because you're opening up your heart. And you're saying to her, I trust you with what is most precious to me. And God trusts us with what is most precious to Him. And He made us with a free will. I mean, what kind of God would do that? Unless it's a God who's love, who says, I love you so much that I allow you to reject me. I love you so much that I allow you to say no to me. That is taking a risk. And so love, God, his character is a risk character. And so when this poor steward comes back with his million bucks, and by the way, what did he do with that talent? What did he do with it? He buried it, right? Which, you know, to us it sounds kind of strange. But back then, people did that. They buried things. But it's interesting that there is a rabbinical law back then that said, um, that said, the person who buries money in a hidden location, listen to this, cannot be held accountable for its loss. That was the law. So this guy, this servant, is not willing to take any risk at all. In fact, what is he doing? His whole attitude is, how do I cover myself? How do I make sure that I'm okay? He's looking out for number one. And so in order to ensure that, he goes out and buries it because he knows, okay, I'm burying it, and I'll be able to find it again when my master comes up, and I'll be able to dig it up, and I'll be able to at least get it back to him. But even if I can't, and, and I lose it or somebody finds it and steals it, I can't be held accountable for it because the law says that if I bury it and, it and it's forgotten or lost, I cannot be held accountable. He's looking out for himself. And God looks at that and it goes completely against God's character. It is being unfaithful to God. And so God tests him and he sends him out and there's weeping and darkness, and gnashing of teeth. God's character is one of risk. God's character is one of love. Think about faith. Isn't faith risk? I mean, if we really knew how things were going to turn out, it wouldn't be a risk, would it? At the very basis of faith, there's risk. It's believing something, even though I can't touch it, or feel it, or or handle it. It's believing that what God says is true. When you have faith in somebody... You have faith that they will act according to what you think they, how they should act, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's faith. It's, it's a risk. It's, it's believing that they're going to be who they say they will be. A theologian by the name of, last name of Craddock says this. The major themes of the Christian faith, carrying, giving, witnessing, trusting, loving, hoping, cannot be understood or lived without risk. Cannot be understood or lived. Without risk. There's a family in our church that kind of has a habit of taking in people, young people that are um, need help in school or whatnot. And, and they've done this several times. And sometimes it's turned out very well for them. And the person that they've taken in has responded in kind and and has been very thankful and, and has gone on after graduating from school and made something of their lives. And, but sometimes it hasn't worked out so well. And sometimes a person that they've invested in has turned around and been very ungrateful and in fact done things that have been offensive to them and, and hurtful. You see, love always is a risk venture and God is a God of love. And so as, as we look at the resources that God has given us, our God, God will ask us one day, have you been faithful in the way that I am faithful? Are you using these resources, this shape that I've shaped you in? You know Your spiritual gifts and your heart and your passion, your experience and your abilities and all these things. Are you using them in a way that you're taking risks? You're willing to step out. You're willing to actually go the extra mile. You're willing to go out on a limb. Are you doing that because that's who I am? And I'm asking you to be faithful to me. And if you're faithful to me, then I will say to you, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in this small stuff. Come and I will give you much more. And by the way, doesn't that just blow your mind? God looks at what he's given us, which is abundant. A talent is a talent, is a huge amount. And he says, that's small compared to what I want to give you. Be faithful to me. You know, there really are two choices here, faithfulness or unfaithfulness. And perhaps we all kind of wrestle between those two in serving God and and. And using our resources for him, but God calls us to risk. C.S. Lewis, in his book, "The Four Loves," write this, writes this: "To love is to be vulnerable. Love anything and your heart will certainly be wrung and possibly broken. If you want to make sure of keeping it intact, you must give it to no one, not even to an animal. Wrap it carefully around hobbies and little luxuries. Avoid all entanglements. Lock it up safe in the casket or coffin of your selfishness. But in that casket, safe, dark, motionless, airless, it will change. It will not be broken. It will become unbreakable, impenetrable, and irredeemable. I think that's why this servant was thrown out. I think he already was living in the darkness. And there was already gnashing of teeth. And there was already this sense of a disconnect and a selfish life because he'd already lived that. May we never live in a way that our hearts become calloused and unbreakable and irredeemable and impenetrable. And so as you look at the resources God has given you, as you look at your shape, your spiritual gifts, your heart, your abilities, your personality, your experience... How do these principles flesh out for you? You've been given much. It's not mine. I've been given much. It's not mine. And there will be a test. And and God is calling me to be a risk taker. So where in in these resources that God is calling you this morning, where is it that he's calling you to take a risk? Where is it that he's calling you to be faithful? Where is it? That God is saying, I want you to step out on a limb here. Is it your abilities? Is it your heart? Your passion? Is it your spiritual gifts? Is it a package of all? Is it your personality? Is it the experiences? You know, sometimes God has um, allowed us to go through very painful experiences in life that sometimes cause us to, to put walls up around us. And he's calling us to use those difficult experiences to bless others. But that takes a lot of risk. But if we do that, we will hear from him, good and faithful servant. You are being faithful to who I am. I am a God of love. I'd like to close this morning uh, just telling you a story about Kathy Galton uh, as a person who I believe will hear one day, good and faithful servant. Uh, because she's been faithful to God in taking risks. Kathy Galton uh, is a friend of ours. She is married to uh, Gary Galton, who's the superintendent in our church, a regional director of our church in Southern California. And I've gotten to know Gary these last few years, and I, and I met his wife, Kathy, and, and we got to know each other, she and Paul, me and Paul, and, and Gary and, and Kathy. But it's interesting, her story. She's, she's been a very successful uh, business person, uh, worked selling merchandise. Uh, was a representative for a big merchandising company for many years, and and was part of this corporation and did very very well, uh, selling top high end merchandise in stores and distributing it. At an, and and um, but she went one day, one year, 1998, on a missions trip, and as missions trip they went to Africa, and in. Uh, Tanzania. And while they were in Tanzania, the the leader of the team asked Kathy, he asked, how how can we help these ladies? There were a bunch of ladies in this church, and they'd been given three sewing machines. Now, these sewing machines were the kind that, the old-fashioned kind that you don't need electricity. You you do with your, you pump, I don't know if you've seen those, but you kind of pump them with your foot. What are they called? (laughs) Whatever they said, yeah. (laughs) I heard a machine. Treble. Treadmill. Trendle. There you go. There we go. So, got one of those machines. And, uh, they, but, but what can we do with these? And Kathy started thinking for a while, and she said, well, why don't we show them how to make purses? And so, after a few hours of instruction the ladies started making purses, and they were very thrilled with that. And the idea was that she was going to take the purses then and sell them in the United States. And then she, she was going to buy the purses from them and then sell them back in the United States. And so she did this. She had no idea that these ladies were going to be so excited about this. In the, in the next couple of days, with uh, just those three sewing machines, they made 300 bags. Uh, when leaving the village there in Tanzania... This image was impressed upon Kathy that she lives with today. The image of a woman running after the vehicle with the items that she had made all night long running after Kathy's vehicle as it left the town, trying to catch up to that vehicle to say, Here are the purses, please take them with us. With you back to the United States. Well, that whole experience just transformed Kathy. It broke her heart. we are talking about shape, we are talking about passion. She was passionate all of a sudden, trying to figure out how can she help these ladies. Well, long story short, today, uh, she runs this ministry called Heavenly Treasures. And it's a ministry that draws upon her experience, her abilities, really her shape in the corporate America, where she learned how to do this stuff. But she is, she now is this big importer. She imports all kinds of, uh, purses and jewelry and things that these ladies make in the, different church, in the different churches in Africa and in Latin America in developing countries. And she markets them here on the Internet. In fact, you can go to Heavenly Treasures. You can find it on the Internet. You can buy products that were made in churches. And then uh, she sells them, and the money goes back to these ladies. And it's helping them and those local churches make a living. And in order for her to do that, though, She had to take a risk. She left her job, her corporate job where she was making good money. She left it. And she dedicated herself to developing this ministry. And today it's a multi-million dollar ministry that's going on. But she took a risk. It was a big risk. But it was a safe risk. Can there be a safe risk? There can always be a safe risk if it's a risk that we're taking because we've sensed that God is calling us to do it. There's no better place to be, friends, than taking a risk that we know God is calling us to take. Cuz God is always faithful. And so really it comes down to is do we believe him? What is God calling you to do with your shape, with your resource? It always will involve risk. Because that's who God is. Are you willing to believe him? Are you willing to take that next step? That's what he's calling you to this morning. So let's bow our heads. And let's just pray to him. Lord Jesus, you've been speaking to our hearts. And God, we have been given abundance. The resources that you give us are enormous. God, we want to remember that they really aren't ours, they're yours, that have been loaned to us. And that one day you're going to ask us how we've used them. And so, Father, help us to be faithful to you. Help us to take risks. Help us to take a risk in following You and obeying You and hearing You and saying to You, here's my shape, Lord. Use it. Help us to love as You've loved us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you and blessings on you. Have a great week. We are dismissed. You've been listening to the podcast of Opportunity Christian Fellowship. Opportunity Christian Fellowship is located at 1313 South Pines in the city of Spokane Valley, Washington. Check us out online at www.opportunitychristianfellowship.org.